Welcome to Uplifting Women Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Join our co-hosts, Holly Tesca and Kristen Strunk, thought partners in the world of leadership, equality, and personal and professional development. Listen as they bring stories of inspirational women and their allies who are working every day for authentic leadership, equality, and inclusion in business, education, and community. These are the stories of the people whose mission it is to ensure others are seen, heard, and respected. They've overcome challenges in the workplace and the world or supported other women in doing so. Holly and Kristen are committed to uplifting women's voices, sharing inspiration, advice, and maybe even a few laughs from women and their allies about the work they are doing to promote inclusion and equality in our world. They believe that by sharing stories of challenge and triumph, we can all make the world a better place as we inspire others to step fully into their personal leadership space. We are so happy you have joined us today for our conversation. Welcome everyone to this episode of Uplifting Women podcast. I'm Holly Tesca. And I'm Kristen Strunk. And we are here today to welcome our second international guest. I feel so honored and privileged to be spreading our wings internationally. We have Kiona van Griesven, who is Dutch, but she currently resides in London. Kiona is passionate uh, about workplace well-being, and she is also a motivational speaker. She draws on her background in sales and account management to inspire and empower individuals and transform organizations to achieve their full potential. She delivers engaging talks and workshops that focus on personal values, mindfulness, resilience, goal setting, and positive thinking, helping teams and organizations foster a sense of belonging and purpose. With her unique blend of experience and inspiration, she's the perfect guide to help you unlock your true potential and lead your teams and communities with purpose, strategy, strength, and courage. Specializing in workplace well-being, Kiona helps leaders design and implement workplace well-being programs and offers keynote speaking, workshops, and coaching on various topics. Uh, You can book a a 15-minute coffee connection with Kiona, and I'll drop that link into our show notes for those that like to connect with her. And I'm also going to include the various ways that you can connect with her and interact on social media. So, Kiona, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm, uh, I'm excited for the conversation today. Yeah. So, you know, we always like to start off our podcast with, with asking our, our interviewees to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be where you are today. Your well-being coach and a motivational speaker. You know, what is it that What's your journey that brought you here? Oh, I always love this question because, you know, you always think about how did I get here? What did I do? What were the steps in between? And I think, you know, from my perspective, I am a coach. So for me, it's common sense to be thinking about things that happened in the past, what the patterns were that were popping up and what the reasons were that I went through certain experiences and what I had to learn from that, et cetera, et cetera, because I do this with my clients, right? But I also had the chance to then do this for myself. And I feel for me, my journey is very up and down and I've gone in various different directions, but the to where I got to today uh, as a workplace wellbeing coach is 
um, mainly through the pandemic, actually. Uh, and I love that your podcast also started in the pandemic. So I'm sure that you are familiar with what happens when you have time on your hands and you have space to think and reflect and feel like I, there is something that I need to do right now that feels like it's mine and it's something that I need to go for. And for me, I, I was working as an account executive for uh, quite a long time, you know, working in office-based uh, uh, organizations or office-based jobs for about 15 plus years. And I worked for a large tech organization when the pandemic hits as an account executive. And um, I did love my job, but I didn't love it as much as I was supposed to in a way, you know, at the time uh, I started thinking about, okay, does this actually fulfill me? And I just kept going, you know, how you keep going into a direction that you've chosen, you want to see it out, you want to see what else is possible, where you can get to. Uh, And that's what I was doing. And then when the pandemic hits, I had time to reflect and I realized that it wasn't my dream at all. And uh, I started exploring what else would be interesting for me to do and along that search I found coaching and then I started with coaching women in the workplace only and then I branched out to building workplace well-being programs for uh, uh, for organizations together with leadership uh, and still doing some coaching for individuals uh, included in my well-being programs but also separately to individuals who feel they could use some of my support interesting that your initial focus was to support women in the workplace. Uh, Tell me a little bit about where did that come from? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to point that out. Yes, I love that. Um, Well, to be honest, it came mostly because I had felt certain experiences that I'd had in the workplace had shaped how I was being or how I was moving forward, so to say, and and the experiences that I had got me into such a negative spiral at some point that I just felt like, okay, what am I even doing here? What am I fighting for? What am I working so hard for? I'm not going to get that promotion anyway. You know, I'm not even being invited to come in for an interview for a leadership role when I clearly point out to people that that's the direction that I want to go into you know you apply for jobs and then you're not even being invited for an interview internally Um, and so you know lots of those experiences made me feel like I didn't have support as I was going through that Uh, and I'll give you a really maybe a little bit of a triggering example for some people whereby I moved from uh, the Netherlands to London And I'd worked in offices for a few years in the Netherlands. And so I had an idea of what it was like to work in an office-based environment. And then when I moved to London, things completely changed for me. I actually felt like I was going back in time 10 years. And you wouldn't expect that, right, from countries that are so close to each other. And especially in this day and age, it's supposed to be quite leveled out in the Western world anyway. So it came as quite a shock to me that women were not being treated as equals as they were in the Netherlands. And this example was where I was having a a meeting with some of my team members and my manager at the time. And he was telling us about how 
they were acquiring some leads and how they were using different providers and different companies that were going to provide those leads. And he asked for our feedback on, okay, well, what do you prefer? What do you like to see? And I said, well, actually, I'd rather have one provider that provides me solid leads that I can actually book meetings with and that are interested in hearing about what we have to offer than having three that have leads that have no interest in even speaking with us because then that doesn't get me anywhere. And what happened was he looked around the room and bear in mind, this was me and five guys and one male manager. He looks around the room and he said, well, what do you all think about this? Do you agree? And he said it in such a way of like, don't you dare say something. And then immediately after that, he said, see, no one agrees with you. What a dumb idea. Uh, and that was the first experience that I had in London. And then I thought, oh, wow, things are going to get very difficult here. And things are very different from what I'm used to. What year um, was that? What year was that 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 happened? That was in 2015. So not even that long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, part of the reason... Um, I felt really drawn to start the podcast during the pandemic was at least here in the United States. And my guess is this was true around the world. Women were much more adversely impacted than men by the fact that suddenly everyone was locked in at home Mm -hmm. and children needed to be um, attending school lessons and elderly parents and relatives still needed to be taken care of. And the women in most cases, were the ones that without question stepped into those roles and filled those roles and, and in many cases, uh, resigned their jobs to be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, it's, and your story is, I wish I could say it was unique. Sadly, it's not. No, that you're absolutely right. And I, I'm glad that you're pointing this out, because there's so many of these situations happening and quite frankly at the time I didn't even think it was such a big deal I was a bit shocked yes of course but I didn't think it was actually that big of a problem it's only when you then move further into other roles and other organizations and see new things and experience other situations like these that you start to realize actually this is the norm this is how it goes across the board And it's just not okay. We need to all be able to, especially when you're being asked for your opinion, tell people what you think. Face away, right? Yeah. And And have that honored. Yes, exactly. Have that honored and be appreciated for coming out and actually saying something and being that person because there's a lot of people who wouldn't even dare to say anything, right? And if you're then being put down, you're not very likely to say anything ever again. Yeah, that's the sad part of it. And it doesn't take a lot of those experiences to um, quiet the voices. Mm-mm. It, it no. really doesn't. You know, I too in my career have had a couple of those instances. They ring very clearly in my head, even, you know, 35, 40 years later. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as a coach, 
we all work on our own things as well. <laughs> so we're very hyper aware of what's going on and what impacts the way we feel about things. And it's not something that can easily be erased. You have to think about how do I manage that trigger that occurs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's big. It is. Yeah. And it's exactly like you say, it's a trigger. And, you know, if you're unaware of the trigger itself, then it's just going to keep happening and you're not going to know why you're not going to understand why the same thing keeps happening to you. So acknowledging and being aware of that trigger is the first step and it's the most important one to take. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So I was doing a little bit of research about you, as I always do with our guests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, you had a very interesting post about burnout. You were burned mm. out. Yeah. Tell me about that a little bit, because I've experienced that. Yeah, let's talk about it. I think it's so important. And thank you for bringing this up. Um, for me, I think it's a... Um, it's slightly different than what you would expect a burnout story to be about, right? Because most of the time what happens with burnout is you're in a role, you're in a job, you're running a business and you are just so focused on keeping your head above water and you're doing the role that you're hired for, the role that you intend to do within your business. And um, what then happens is if you're doing so many things at the same time that you actually don't enjoy doing and things that you're being pushed to do or things that you're just like putting your heels in the sand for and just going, no, I don't want to do that. That tends to be the burnout story, right? That it's literally just too much for you to, to bear and the things that you're doing, you don't enjoy doing, you don't get energy from those. My story is slightly different in a way that I, you know, I was in my own business and I just kept going and going and going and going. And I loved every single thing that I was doing, but I was just doing it. And I love saying this, you know, I felt like I was a human doing, I was no longer a human being. Um, and for me, that was the trigger point where eventually when I, uh, when I actually, I left London in, uh, in January last year, I didn't realize that I'd run into this, uh, this situation until I had the time to sit and take a breather and relax. And then the more I did that, the less I wanted to do in my business and the less I loved everything that I was doing because I just felt so deflated and I felt like I, there was no energy. There was no reason for me to get up and do these things. Whereas, you know, within my business, I loved helping all the people that I did help at the time. Um, but I feel... I was just overwhelming myself and overloading myself with doing all these things too much that I forgot about actually thinking about myself sometimes too and, and taking a step back and reflecting on what I was actually doing that I could potentially outsource to other people as well. You know, it's just clinging on to it too much, I suppose. Yeah. So how did how did you um how did you work yourself out of that? To be honest. It was not an easy decision, but I decided that I was going to take on a, a full-time job as an employee somewhere uh, in a role that I already knew from before so that I could easily just roll into to just take the pressure off running my business, taking the pressure of making money with my business to, to support myself. 
And so that I could just keep going for a while and, and figure this out on the side, you know, it was not an easy decision for me to make because the last thing that I wanted to do was go back into employment. And I'm sure you understand this when you're running a business, it's really hard to go back into employment. And yeah, quite frankly, I, that also turned out to be, the, to be the case after four months because I just couldn't bear it. It wasn't for me and I had to leave, but at least I gave myself that space through doing that. And then I was able to keep going with my business straight after that again, too. Well, that's good. That's good to yeah. hear because I, I have to agree with you. Once, once, once you leave that situ- that employment situation, it's hard to go back. Oh the, yes, yeah. The freedom, the the autonomy, the ability. That's to do, exactly it's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. It is very hard, but yeah, that is a little bit of a unique story about burnout. You know. I can relate though. I absolutely can relate because yeah, well, you get to the place where you are, you're very excited. You're doing everything. Things are growing. And um, as Kristen can attest to, and she's a little bit this way too. I'm a little OCD when it comes to how I want things done. And of course, you know, letting go and letting others take on some of those responsibilities can be very hard. Right. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it is a matter of well-being, which is what I really love about the focus of your practice. Um, I think as coaches, we become a container for so many things for other people. Mm. And that ability to manage that container so that you're not overflowing, overwhelmed, burned out, has to be very deliberate and planful and you have to keep that front of mind because the minute I feel myself going there, I have to do something to keep myself from falling off that cliff. Here's an example. I'm going to, this is something new, Kristen, I didn't even tell you about this. I'm, (laughs) I'm going to a sound healing class tonight. Love it. Doesn't that sound lovely? I'm yeah. going to go lie on a yoga mat and listen to somebody make really cool sounds. You know, it seems like such a simple thing, mm. but it just creates that space for you to let go and be in the moment, not worrying about what's coming down in the next moment, you know, yeah. that ability to stay present. So I'm really, really looking forward to doing this. Oh, that's so exciting. Honestly, actually, Holly, I, I have attended a few of those and it's so beautiful because what you really feel is you feel the vibrations going through your body because it's so overwhelming. It's just these like sound vibes just going through your body, which is almost 70% water, right? So yes. you just feel this trickle down and, oh, I can't wait to to hear about your experience with that you'll have to let me know how how you found it because frankly from my perspective I like you say exactly that just that feeling of okay I'm fully and utterly relaxed and there's no way no place for me to be there's no place for me to go there's nothing for me to do in this moment and this is just how I'm going to be for like an hour <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I really, and and I'm sure you do this in your practice as well. I really try to help people get in touch with what's going on in their body and Mm. what they're feeling. Um, Life is so busy, so full, so heady. You know, we have 
thinking jobs, most of us. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and um, we, we believe that our intelligence is solely in our head. And really our intelligence is throughout our entire body. There's, there's a lot to be said about having gut feelings, having heart. Um, but in the interest of coming across as smart and intelligent, we just lean into our brains, right? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's beautiful that you say it that way because it's such an important element of well-being. It's like you say, with so much in our heads and it's easy to be in our heads because the information is readily available at any given time. So what do you do? You absorb information, you share information, you think about things, you have conversations, you're constantly just thinking about certain topics, right? And I feel as you're just so beautifully saying, if we don't connect that with our body and with our hearts, then we're just going to be thinkers. We're not really going to be beings, right? And I, I always take it back to beings, you know, and uh, this is also one of my uh, one of my mottos, I suppose, in a way you mm -hmm. could say, let's stop being human doings and become human beings. I because love that. Frankly, thank you. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's so close to me because, you know, we we just tend to have all these tasks that we need to tick off during the day and then let's go, let's go, let's go. And while that may be a little bit productive sometimes, it doesn't actually make us happy most of the days. So we need to drop into our heart, like you say, and build that mind-body connection. I'm, I'm really intrigued by the fact that you're bringing this more and more into the workplace. You know, I'd say before the pandemic, at least in the United States, I know that Europe has been a little more progressive in terms of well-being and wellness mm -hmm. for employees. Um, the U.S. has been behind on that. I think the pandemic has helped open the doors for that in an in a important way. Mm -hmm. um, because I think what happens is people are valued for what they're doing. Yeah. And that's how they're rewarded, right? Uh -huh. And what we're trying to shift to is helping people understand that their way of being is so much more valuable and so much more important than the things that they're doing. How do we treat one another? How do we respect ideas? How do we encourage collaboration? How do we have empathy for a coworker or a colleague who may be suffering in some way, whether that's their own health issues, the health of a family member, a divorce, whatever that happens to be. But, you know, we value thinking so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you say that we value thinking so much. Yeah, we it's do. Just, it's crazy. And I find myself correcting coaches all the time. Don't tell me what you think. Tell mm. me what you feel. What you feel. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What do you yeah. feel? Can you be in touch with that? It's yeah. hard for people to do that. It is. Yeah. And, you know, actually touching upon what you said about we value people, right? We value people in the workplace. One of the things that is very inherent to my processes and my methods is that I bring values into the workplace, but in a different way. You know, you may have a similar experience from the past that, uh, in an organization, you might have gone through this workshop where it's like, okay, let's talk about values and let's see if we can all match each other up and if we all fit in, like a team bonding thing, right? 
it, it makes me laugh every time I think about this memory because it just it just seems so trivial to just go right. So here's a list of words. Pick pick the ones that feel most like you. And I I just can't get over the fact that that would be something that you that that that's how you would go about uh, allowing people to uncover their values because what you tend to do then is just go and pick the ones that you would like to see in yourself, right? It has nothing to do, it has no reflection of who you actually are from the inside. And for me, that was a horrible experience because I was just thinking like, okay, first of all, I don't really know half of these people here. I don't feel like I need to be sharing that with them because that was also one of the parts of the exercise, like, hey, just rank them and then stand with the people who have the same words at the top. And while I understand the process and the idea behind it, it just made me feel a little bit like, okay, so what, you're going to put me in a box now? Is that what we're doing here? Is that the whole reason behind this exercise? And for me, what I really feel is that in an organization specifically, an, an organization has values that they do business in, do business in, you know, in a certain way. And while that's great, if you align with those values, beautiful, but we stop to think about our own personal core values sometimes. And, you know, we stop to think about, okay, have my values maybe changed in the past six months or in the past year? Do they still align with the company's values? And if not, should I maybe think about making a change? Or is it because I'm no longer aligned with myself on the inside? And so that's why I feel it's so important for people to keep identifying their own personal values so that they can keep saying, yes, I'm in the right organization. Yes, I'm in the right role. Yes, I still love what I do. And yes, I want to stay here and build something and see what else is out there within this organization for me. Or say, actually, no, it doesn't align anymore. Find something else to do or it's time for me to uncover what's what's next in my journey. Yeah, and, and so critical for values alignment for people to be able to reach their full potential. Yeah. Because when that is off, there's this gap that that occurs. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's the beginning piece of burnout. Yes. Yes, exactly. We're looping it back, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the beginning piece of burnout. This has been a lovely conversation. I could talk to you all day. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I It really hits home for me, and I'm sure it does for Kristen as well. She's had her own versions of burnout, and mm-hmm. we've all lived this, right? And uh, I'm I'm just so pleased that you're another woman among women who are helping to uplift others and uh, whether they be men or women, because Mm -hmm. the world needs to be a better place. And if we keep holding hands together and working on this, I think we're going to make a difference. So thank you so very much for being with us here today. Again, for our get for all of our guests listening, why don't you tell us the name of your company and where people can reach you? And again, I'll put stuff in the in the notes as well. But for those that want to get in touch with you quickly. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Holly. And again, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. Like you say, I could talk with you for another hour. It's so easy and it just comes slowing out. I feel like we definitely have because we have similar connections, right? It just all collides and comes together. 
yeah, so people can find me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. I'm more focusing on LinkedIn. Uh, and my name is Kiona van Fiensven, which will also be in the show notes, of course. Uh, and of course, the website that uh, I have available for you is also kionafankinsven.co.uk, uh, which will be in the show notes because I know it's not going to be easy to actually type that out uh, when you hear it being said. So feel free to hit me up and um, let me know if you have any interest in a coffee chat, uh, like Holly was saying at the beginning, um, 15 minute coffee chats just to see where you are, if I can support you. And Thank you again. It's been a delight. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in on this latest episode of Uplifting Women podcast. Holly and Kristen appreciate your dedication to Uplifting Women and look forward to you joining them again soon. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Please visit your favorite platform where you found this podcast to leave a review. If you are an uplifting woman or a man who champions women's success with a story to share, Kristen and Holly would love to talk to you. Please visit upliftingwomen.net and leave us a message.